All right, guys, thanks for tuning back into us. It's me and Brent again today, and we're going to talk today about cleaning house. You know, we talk about a lot about taking life inventory. We talk a lot about discipline. When it comes to cleaning house, all we're talking about is getting rid of, uh, actually wiping out things that are corrupt or inefficient or eliminating or disregarding what is undesirable. And so that's something that, you know, for me personally, I have to look at my life probably once a month and, and kind of keep a hold of those things. Because once you have, you know, if you're listening and you have a career or you have a spouse or you have a child or you have really just anyone besides you in your life, you know, you always want to take inventory and kind of and kind of look at what your how your life's turning out and kind of look and say, like, hey, how could I make my life better? How could I change some things to, to make this to, to go more smoothly? And so when it comes to eliminating what is undesirable, you know, there's a few different factors we want to look at. But first, I always have to start with what I want to eliminate inside of myself. Because inside, what's happening, what happens inside of you is actually what you display to the outside world. And so when you're growing up and you have all these experiences as a kid, it's when you're growing up, your, your youth, your outside shapes what is inside. So like if you're in a room where everybody's, you know, drinking and cussing each other out every day, you're going to turn out a certain way as you get older, statistically speaking. And if you're in a room where everybody's, uh, you know, has never said a cuss word and they're very kind to each other, you're going to statistically end up a different way. So when you're growing up, your outside actually shows and reflects your inside. But as you get older, it's what's inside that goes to the outside if you're following along there. And so that's why internally is something, you know, and I'm, I'm like probably a really strong person to speak on this because I have so many things that I've had to battle internally that I have to continuously tell myself, you know, to take inventory on and to make a, a solid choice is to not do those things that are internally easy for me to do. And so when it comes to working on your inside, you know, I wrote down on here, working on your heart, you're working on your kindness, working on your soul. Brent, what, how do you work on your inside? How do you work on what's internal and make sure that whatever you have going on inside is reflecting the right thing outside and also that it makes it comfortable where what's inside, like you're comfortable with how you're living with it? Yeah. And I mean, it's a it's a really good question and a really deep question, um, but I think it's you have to tap into the person one that you want to become. And like, for me, I've had to, we had very different upbringing. I grew up like in a church and never heard my parents say one cuss word, never seen alcohol, like just a different lifestyle than most. So as far as it goes for that side of things, it's, it's easier for me to like have a good example, if that makes sense. But the Bible, I mean, we, we talk about it a lot, but the Bible has helped me understand that, that it's deeper than just, you know, doing right or wrong. Like it's like your heart, like the Bible says that Jesus looks at your heart. So it's like, how do you have a, a really pure heart is what I'm after now. And that can go like, you don't get angry. You don't, you know, lust, you don't do these things that we all internally do just in our natural. It's just natural to do these things. It's natural to get angry when somebody pulls off in front of you. It's natural to look at somebody that's wearing really tight pants at the gym. It's natural to do these things. And you have to, you have to I go back to my original answer. You have to say, I don't want to do those things anymore. So you have to it's see the future for you. It's the choice. It's and then choice. you got to go to work and understand like, man, I've got to not look at the girl. I've got to not even go there because then it just takes me down a rabbit hole. I've got to not um, get angry when somebody pulls out in front of me, pray for that person. You don't know if they're in a rush to because somebody's dead at the hospital. So you have to realize who you want to become. And then it's it's all 
uphill from there, but you got to go to work. Yeah. You know, you got to go to work seeking purity. The Bible helps me a lot. Going to church helps me a lot. These things really help me in this eternal battle. Cause I think that's to go to the eternal battle. It's almost like a mental, spiritual thing that you're fighting. Yeah. And the key word that you said there was the choice, man. We wake up every day and we have a choice. You know, I always ask people like, what are you listening to? What are you reading to? Like, for example, I listen to uh, some country music. Like if you're listening to, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody, but if you're listening to Co Wetzel or then you're listening to a Christian music, I mean, you might be feeling a different type of way when you get done with a certain artist versus this. Like, what are you listening to? What are you reading? And then the biggest thing for the internal side, because for me, man, like Brent said, we grew up a lot different. I have very natural habits of, of anger. I have natural habits that say, you know, it, I lean towards, if this happens, I lean towards, it's easier for me to get angry than it is for Brent. And we know this about ourselves and we've been working together for four years. But a question I always have to ask myself is am I loving myself enough so that I can love others? Because in the entrepreneurship world, man, we I will literally work like 70 hours a week and then like skip two meals and then like not hang out with my wife and son for two days. And then, you know, four days later, I'm like, why am I stressed and why am I angry? Well, did I take any time during that to love myself? Like, you know, it sounds cliche, but really, like, did I spend any time doing what I like to do? Did I spend any time meditating on what I want to meditate? Like, yes, I read every day or I, or I did something every day, but what did I really do with my time? And that's when it comes to cleaning out. You're trying to get rid of what you don't, what is inefficient to you or what is undesirable. And so what's undesirable to me is not seeing my kid. What's undesirable to me is, uh, you know, getting angry or, or whatever. So I have to try to flush these things out. And internally is the strongest. We, we mentioned this first because to me, it's the, the, the first place to start. Amen. Like your internal can really affect what you see externally. That's the most important, in my opinion. I agree with you. Yeah, a thousand. Like we're going to talk about other points, but this internal part, until you get it all straightened out and like coming from experience, until it straightens itself out. And, and there's always battles like you'll get up a battle and then the next battle starts like three days later. And it's always there depending on how, you know, your body, your mind, each one of us is a different personality. Each one of us is a different circumstance. They say that majority of your life or the majority of who you are is built through like your genetics and then like who you are or uh, the experience you have uh, under the age of like yeah, 10 or whatever. Exactly. And so each person's going to have a different, different route with that, you know? Yeah. And you can go against that. And, and just because so many people are like, well, the cookies baked or, or that's crap, this, you know, you can make changes. Look at your life. Look at the changes. Like I can see in the last four years, major change. And he can see in me major change. There's still a lot of rooms that I need to approve. Same for him. And we're both holding each other accountable, trying to get that. So having people around you is huge. But one thing I want to say here too, is when you really start going at this, it can almost seem overwhelming because you can be like, man, I've been, I've been doing this my whole life. Like, and for me, there was a lot of bad habits that I formed after I got away from like my parents and it just got, you know, easier for me to, to fall into the world because I was really in like a, I went to public school, but it was like sports, church, sports, church, little bit of school just to get by. That was my life for 18 years. So then I get the freedom and man, I started making a little bit of money and I got really addicted to gambling. So it was something that I had to fight just like you have to fight anger, just after you fight lust, like these things, like I was really consumed every Saturday morning, getting my picks, you know, I was betting on several games, not just one game a weekend. It was like, I was betting on teams. I didn't even know where they were located on a map. Like it was just 
it was a, it was bad. So I did that for maybe two or three years where it really had a hold on me. And, and this is going back to the eternal. I had to, I had the, you know, awakening that this isn't the person that I wanted to be. And then I had to go to work. And now I have a really good relationship with that. But my point in being is that it can sometimes seem overwhelming, but you just have to take one step at a time and realize who you don't want to be, the actions that you don't want there, and just start making little steps. I I really, for me, when I wanted to quit gambling, I had to delete the apps I was looking at. Mm -hmm. I had to actually do something to start in the right direction. Sometimes we're just like, man, I'm just too far gone. I don't even know what to do. Just do something. Just make some sort of progress. And if you can make it, there's different stats, but I say if you can make it like 120 days, a lot of times you can get to the point where you can get, you can almost like calm down a little bit because you, you've made it a little bit of time. So anyway, just get going. You're creating that new habit. And, That's right. And you know, we're all adults. We all struggle. Like what you struggle with, you probably, if you're aware, you know what it is. What I struggle with, I know. And in those moments, in those areas, that's where it takes us doubling down and being twice as intentional. Like I'm a very intentional person, but when it comes to the things that I struggle with or my weaknesses, I have to be double intentional because I know where my habits will take me. Mm. I know where my actions will take me. And the ones where I don't, the ones that I don't want to be around or the ones I don't want to be near, I know how to get there, but I have to be twice as intentional and twice as thought out to not go there to not go down those rabbit holes or down those places where, you know, for me, it's a lot of mental stuff. For you, it may be that you gamble, you know, was that the, I don't know, Jets versus Steelers? Like maybe that just gets your blood pumping. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's different things for different people. And what you need to do is be aware of yours and start trying to make, be intentional in what you're listening to, what you're thinking about and your outside environment. That's next is your outside environment to try to get these, these levels calmed down and try to get these habits built that are, more profitable or more, uh, more like who you want to become in the future, more in line with that future self. Yeah. You just said, and the one thing I do want to say before we move on is that this is coming from two guys who are not perfect. Like I fail. I don't want to say I fail every day, but I fail often. And there's still things like gambling, like lust, like all these things. I'm a normal guy. So I know whoever's listening to this, you feel the exact same things that I feel because I'm really seeking I'm really reading my Bible. I'm really diving into my church and getting involved in this stuff. And the devil still was on my back. So I know that it's real that guys go through this stuff, that women go through this stuff. I'm just a guy so I can relate more to the men. But man, it is hard if you're not really trying to not look at porn, to not look at these things on Instagram, to not gamble, to not, all that stuff is just all over the TV. Just watch a Super Bowl commercial this Sunday and you'll see a lot of stuff about gambling, Bovada, all this stuff. You'll see a lot of, you know, sex appeal. So it's like, that's what we're consuming. Back to what you said, you have to be very careful about what you're consuming. Absolutely. And then I just want to write, I just want to say this too, like some of these problems that we deal with, because he struggles more with like, you know, he said uh, lust and gambling and things like that. Mine are mine are mostly internal, really. Like mine is more leaning towards lack of patience, anger, overwhelmness, stress, things of that nature. But when you take a piece of paper out and write this stuff down, sometimes this stuff turns out to be generational. Sometimes this is stuff that your great grandparents struggle with that came down to your grandpa, that came down to your mom and dad, that came down to you. And I, all I got to say is like, here it is. And it's either, you know, they say uh, no pain, no gain. Or to be stoic, there's a book I read, it was called The Obstacle is the Way. You know, here we are with a pain point, with a pressure point, with something we're disliking, something we want to clean out. And the only way to get past it is to handle it. 
There's no way that I could like, without trying to not be angry, there's no way I could just release my anger for the rest of my life or else I would have already done it. I promise. I promise. I would have done it like 10 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. But when I look at these things and I look at the people that uh, in my family that I came from, you know, I, I see anger there too. And you know what? That's okay. But here I am in my shoes and I want to change it. And that's where the choices come in. That's right. And so. And what's the name of the company we started? Chain Breaking Investments. That's a, it's big. It's, it's, it really means a lot to us. And so, the, so first, start with your internal. Start with where you are, how you feel. If you want those things to change, you're going to have to start making different choices to start getting other, other feelings and other emotions and other momentums in line. Now, the next one I'm, that I got on here is the external. So externally, you know, that could be your environment, you know, who you're hanging out with. That could be your organization of your home. You know, I hear that like people get super stressed about like the spaces they work in or live in, you know, so you have to look at that. And then the last thing I wrote down is how do you treat what you have right now? You know, externally, like I have a, uh, like for, this is a great example. Like Brent's got a vehicle that's 11 years newer than mine. And how do we both treat our vehicle though? You know, it doesn't really matter how old or new or whatever. It's how do we treat the vehicle? And we, honestly, we both probably treat it about the same. But I'm just saying some people look at their vehicle and, and like treat it like crap. And then you look at the rest of their life and it may not be as organized. Yeah. And then some people treat it like it's, uh, you know, they take it to the, shop, the car wash every day and they get the like Rob, Rob gets out those freaking towels. And, and I starts, love it. Yeah. He starts uh, wiping it down with a rag after. And, you know, that's how he takes care of his house and his cars and his things. And. And I respect it, but how do you take care of your external environment? That's right. How do you take care of the people that are surrounding you? And like he said before, you know, we're sitting here saying like we, I fail all the time at how I want to treat my wife like the best person on the world and, and, you know, or in the world. And, you know, it's weekly almost that I feel like, you know, I could have adjusted this. I could have fixed this. And so how do you treat your external? Do you have anything to add on to external organization? Well, I just think that uh, for me, you know, I'm, we, we have a pretty clean house because of Hannah and luckily I have her and I'm kind of like Einstein. I'd have stuff everywhere. I'm not smart like him. I would just have stuff everywhere, but it's something about having a clean house. She makes our bed every day and it's just so amazing having that, just those little things. Like there's a book about it, like making your bed, like those little things help having that clean house, having that made up bed. I have a really nice space at our, our house where Hannah has actually created like a really cool office hung pictures and it's a good creative space. So instead of having junk everywhere, it has really helped us to, to have good clean spaces. Cause like you said earlier, a lot of times, and I'm guilty sometimes of having a lot of clothes in my back seat, but a lot of times how you treat one thing is how you treat everything. So many times, if you're, if you're, if you're not taking care of your stuff in one area of your life, it's normally happening in another, unfortunately. So I think that's a great point. And I, I respect Rob, I respect you guys. And I, I, that's something that, that I want to get better at in my life is just having, you know, really clean stuff. And, and I, I look up to people who really take care of their stuff. Absolutely. And, and go into that book on making the bed. That book was actually, I read that book and it was basically saying that if you make your bed first thing in the morning, you're basically creating momentum and discipline. I know. And I love that. I like it, but I'm also like, bro, if I didn't make my bed, I'd still feel very disappointed and motivated. That. But yeah. either way, I just like the thought of keeping your environment clean. And if that's something where you personally feel yourself getting brought down, why not change it? Why not make this choice we keep talking about? Why not clean it out? Get the discipline. What do we say? Eliminate the undesirable 
like if you desire to have a clean space, let's eliminate the the unclean. That's right. So, and then the last area we want to talk about is your is is the physical areas of your life. So when I say physical, I mean what are you putting yourself through? Are you are you putting yourself through mental fatigue? Are you putting yourself are you exercising? Uh are you recovering well after you exercise? Like what are you doing for your physical body and for your physical like what are you eating? Like if you go eat fast food and waffle house every day, you know, I love Waffle House. The other day I broke a three week coffee fast and drank like three cups and it was awesome. I love Waffle House. Felt weird after that. I did. Yeah. I, I couldn't eat lunch. But anyways, I loved it though. And what are you doing? Like if I did that every day, I'd probably feel terrible at the end of each, every weekend. I'd probably, it'd be like the hangover days, like back when I was drinking a That's ton. That's how I felt at 25. Yeah. You know? Oh, when you were eating like, well, yeah, Brent actually, yeah. That. So I can share on this topic because I, I had to, I had to unpack a lot of bad uh, eating habits when I got into uh, the real world because I was so active as a kid. I literally played baseball, basketball, and football, and most of the time they were like intertwined. So I was constantly, you know, getting done with football, and the next day you're running sprints on the basketball court. So I could eat whatever I wanted in high school and still be in pretty decent shape. So after high school, you know, a lot of fast food was my reality. I was, a, when I became a realtor, I was always on the go. So every day for lunch, just about I'm stopping in, grabbing a burger, maybe going to Hickory Hut, maybe going to all the local spots in Dallas that we love so much. Martin's, they knew me by first name. I didn't even have to order. That's not good. But essentially it was a lifelong battle that I didn't even realize was a problem until my pants quit fitting. And then the next thing I know, I get on the scale and I'm like, I could go be a center in the NFL right now. I'm like 260. And it's like, what happened? So for me, what I had to do is going back to exactly what we said earlier. I had to get in my head. Holy crap. I do not want to be the fat guy. Like I'm pretty, I can be funny. I don't want to be the funny fat guy. I want to lose weight. I don't want to be Chris Farley. So I had to figure out, I had to then say, what can I do? So then I had to do a little research on like some people who had lost weight. So it took some effort. It took some work. It took some action. And I had a long way to go. 260, trying to get down to like 190 is where I was trying to get. So long story short, I decided to go vegetarian and people thought I was crazy. People literally thought I was crazy. And I can remember doing it right when we got invited to go to a farmer's convention it was like the same week and I'm in Cherokee, North Carolina, and they have like steak buffet, chicken everywhere. It's like the most meat you've ever seen in your life. And I just couldn't eat it. But I was committed at that point. We always say to our guys, are you committed? Or are you interested? A lot of times you'll get interested in change and you won't do anything. You'll, how many times do we hear people saying, yeah, I think I'm going to go on this diet. I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to start this business. They're just interested. And then they never commit. I finally got to the point of commitment and I don't always get there. But I finally got there. So, dude, for probably a year, maybe a year and a half, even when we met, I wasn't eating any meat. No. I was eating like the fake meat. I was eating like a lot of vegetables. And I literally got down to 185. Yeah, I lost 80 pounds. I got down to 185 and people literally started like worrying if I was like sick. And yeah. that's when I was like, I probably should like start working out again. So now I sit around 210 and that's where I want to be. But it was a journey. I mean, it was a year and a half of me consistently going after it. And I physically got there. And then I started implementing the discipline that I learned from being a vegetarian. I started implementing in my workout routine. So now, Monday through Thursday, I'm pretty much at the gym at the same time, sauna, run, elliptical. I work out with my pastor, so I, had a re I have a really good accountability partner, which is huge. But anyway, long story short, just start doing it. And whatever you want to become, get after the gym. 
It don't matter if you're weak. It don't matter if you don't know what to do. Just go to the gym. Just start working out. Start eating right. Maybe do some intermittent fasting. Do some research. Figure out what works best for you and just start doing something. Make a choice. And and I'll make mine quick because I'm like on the opposite end of the spectrum. I, I started working out when I was like 24. And then when we started our business, I was 25, about to be 26. And then I don't know. It was just like, oh, I've been working out so long or a few years or whatever. I was like, let me just take a break. Well, I didn't work out for a year and I stepped on a scale and I weighed like 138 pounds. And I told my wife she was married to a, I told my wife she was married to a woman. And then I went back to the gym and started taking protein shakes. I take two protein shakes. It's like I weigh about 160 now, but like that was a wake up call for me because I was like, dude, I'm about to freaking disappear and disintegrate into nothingness if I don't eat. And at that point, I was skipping lunch a lot, you know, things like that. We were working, but Anyways, it was a choice he made to lose the weight, and it was a choice I made to try to not be a skinny woman anymore. And so, regardless, I want to read you guys this. We always want to tie it back to some scripture. I want to read you guys this Romans 6, 16. It says, Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin which leads to death, or of obedience which leads to righteousness? All that scripture is saying is that whatever you are as obedient to, whatever you practice is what you become. That's, that's some scripture, folks. I don't care how many times you read the Bible. That's scripture that is saying no matter what you practice, whatever you practice, you will become. It could be towards good things, towards good habits, towards good, towards cleaning your life out, towards making your life the way you want it, or it could be bad things. And I'm not saying like, I'm not using alcohol as an example because you're going to hell if you have a beer. I'm just saying that I've had a terrible tendency with alcohol. And so that's why for me, it's a choice I have to make to not drink it as much. And once you make it enough, like he said, 120 days, you don't want to anymore not near as much as you as you wanted to before. And, you know, the last thing that I'll say is going back to the problems that, you know, let's say you're someone that has had problems since you were a teenager or a young adult, or, you know, sometimes as you get older, the world, you mature, and then your problems show up. All I have to say is the truck that ran you over is not coming back to pick you up. Like the truck that knocked you down, the person that cussed you out, the whatever it is that puts you down, it's not coming back to save you. And you're going to have to do that yourself. So, mm. 